Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. And we are here after a couple of weeks off. Sorry about that, but it's been a bit hectic. Uh, oh we've my been traveling God. and covering things. I was in Hong Kong covering a news publishers conference. You've been going crazy with uh, tech conferences. Yeah, I've been here in Singapore, but a bunch of tech conferences, about a f- all sorts of stuff lined up here. Very, very busy couple of weeks. Well, that's the thing here in Singapore, right? If you live here, you basically live on an airplane. You're right. So you've been traveling, and if you're here, then stuff is going on all the time. So yeah, it's definitely y- a very hectic environment. And you, speaking of hectic environments, you might hear some noise in the background because in order to cram this in, we had to plop down yep. right after a conference in a hotel lobby. In order to very nice record. hotel lobby, it is. We're we're enjoying this. This beautiful is beautiful waterfall. We we had to get far away from the water pouring over the yeah. rocks outside in the tropical climate. You know, all my friends back uh. in the U.S. where you're having those bad temperatures will just. So moving on. <laughs> so I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot going on. So just to start with Hong Kong. Um, I was not there during this week, but uh, honestly, what's been happening in Hong Kong this week is heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, we've talked many times about how, uh, from my perspective, they are very much on the front lines of uh, the future of what 21st century freedom will look like. And uh, boy, it has become a war zone now. So we have police shooting yeah. protesters. We have protesters lighting people on fire. That's always a good idea. <laughs> Just some horrific video and horrific actions. Well, I haven't seen the video, thank God. I'm not looking to see it. Right. Uh, but that must be horrible. And it just, I mean, the shit has hit the fan. It has. Right. This is it. Is and there any way back from this, you think? I, just looking at it totally from the outside, I would say no. I would say that there really is no way back from this. You know, it's interesting. I always like to think again in these circumstances that uh, the clock was ticking anyway, right? 2047. Yeah. The one, the two systems part of the one country, two systems was going to go away anyway. It was going to become one place. Yeah. Uh, and this might just be accelerating a process that uh, we were going to see anyway, but it has gotten truly horrible in the short term. And I, I, I don't know. How do you walk back from this kind of violence and these kinds of uh, confrontations? I just don't know. Well, I'm not c- quite sure that you can, and definitely the business impact is going to... Uh it's going to take a time to recover, if, if it's possible to recover from this at all. So I've been talking to bankers this week, tech entrepreneurs, uh, a couple of hedge fund managers, uh, some of which have expressed to me that um, you know they're, they're settling in here in Singapore rather than in Hong Kong. Wow. Uh, their offices are on, on lockdown. Projects are frozen. Um, so it's just going to have a massive economic impact. Well, and I think they're predicting a uh, recession for the full year now for Hong Kong. They're already in recession in Hong Kong. Um, so the certainly the economic impact yeah. is there. Uh, I've been in touch since I got back from my conference in Hong Kong uh, with some of the students that I was working with who were helping me to cover this conference. Uh, chatting with one just last night. Uh, of course, the campuses have become one of the latest hotspots. There, there's been terrible confrontations there. All their classes are canceled. Oh, All wow. The universities in Hong Kong are now closed. And he said everyone's flying out. Um, and this is a true global city. I mean, this this is a huge, significant city in the Asian context, and it's basically closed. Yeah. Uh, it's 
It's like Extraordinary. For, for Americans that have never been there, it's like New York City shutting down. Yes. It's completely unimaginable, right? Yeah, with, with massive violent yeah. protests. So how uh, are some of these contexts of yours dealing with the situation? You know, Did it's they funny. share anything with you? Or? Right. So since I got, so it's gotten much worse since I got back a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and what everyone was still saying was, well, as long as you just stick to weekdays, right. you're okay. Because this pattern had developed where the confrontations were guaranteed to happen every Saturday and right, Sunday. Right, they were right. going to be a peaceful protest followed by a different group of people who were going to have a violent component to the pro protest. The police were going to be ready for that. So just stay out of the central areas. St well, it actually, it went to every corner of the city. Just watch out on the weekends, right? Wow. Yeah. And now it's going all week long. That's crazy, right? Just the Yeah. I mean yeah. And, and it's so, again, something that happened just this week was um, violence and tear gas and everything right in the central business yeah. district areas during the week. So it's spiraling down. And just seeing some of those videos, if you've ever been to the city, is crazy, right? It's such yeah. a strange thing to see. Yes. To see places that you know, that you visited. Descend into yeah, that. Yeah, into yeah. complete chaos. How do you think this, I'm just curious, how do you think this compares with, in Paris, Paris was in the news, what, last year? Yeah. Because yeah. of the yellow vest protests. Yeah. And I haven't read that in a long time. Has that calmed down or so it is, is significant so it is significantly calmed down um i would say that uh, it, it was quite a prolonged movement as well yeah right so it definitely lasted was on weekdays but it's it it, it, it took place in a whole different um political context right mm. it, it was completely incomparable these are people who are fighting for certain things right for a change in governance and politics and economic policy but they still enjoy their democratic liberties. Yes. Right? They can go out and vote and they uh, right. have all the... Be A free press. And yeah, they have all yeah. of those things, right? Yeah. So they might be unhappy about some things, but uh, they don't have uh, as much skin in the game. They yeah. don't have their... They're not going to put their lives on the line. Now, there was a lot of violence because yeah. there were some uh, violent parties involved in the protests, you know. Uh, there's people that always show up for these things just to... Uh, Make a mess and watch the world burn, I guess. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'd some people that. enjoy. And uh, sure, there was some police violence and there were some things uh, that, that got out of hand. Uh, recently, there were some protests uh, of the Parisian fire departments. Okay. Uh, in very um, shocking confrontations between the police and the fire departments, where police officers were tear gassing firemen. But wait, between. The police and the fire department were on opposite sides yeah, yeah, of these yeah. protests? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fire departments <laughs> oh, were, were protesting. So uh, they have uh, all sorts of pay issues. Like they're not uh. They feel like they don't get paid enough. Yeah. Uh, they're very, very, especially in Paris, very highly trained uh, personnel coming out of the military. Uh, so there was a lot of potential for violence in these, uh, in these protests. It didn't get completely out of hand, but it sure made for some... Uh, crazy photos i mean just yeah just just police officers and, and firemen on opposite Go sides of going these kinds of confrontations another. it's really crazy yeah. but still you know it's nowhere no comparable to what's going on in hong kong yeah. um, where their people are fighting for their democratic liberty right right there's so much more uh at stake 
yes. uh, from a, admittedly, from a Western civil liberties perspective. But you know what? I'm going to defend that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Unapolo- I'm a, unapologetically. I'm on board for defending that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. what I have a hard time with sometimes, so uh, I meet a lot of Chinese businessmen, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. Um, we seem to have a very um, conflicting opinions. Uh, non-compatible opinions about what's going on in Hong Kong. I obviously yes. have my Western, uh, how to say, liberal point of view on the, right. on, the, on the matter, and they're just uh, at least the, the people that I've spoken to are uh, yeah very much on uh, the Chinese side of the yeah. of the question. Yeah, and it it's it is it's very divisive, right? Very divisive, um, yeah. yeah. And it's it's popping up at universities in Australia. It's popping up in Taiwan. It's happening at universities worldwide where you get confrontations between yeah. people who support the protesters and people who don't and are all for the Chinese system and are, and are very patriotic and nationalistic about the Chinese system of um, control that we simply would find unacceptable. Exactly. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and interestingly, I've... Um been put in positions where I've had to defend, and I've chosen not to, I've chosen not to get into these discussions, the freedom of press uh, in the West and the way Mm. that these matters are portrayed in Western media, uh, where, you know, uh, these people I was talking to were saying that uh, that we get a very very biased uh, point of view Mm. uh, aired in, uh, in our newspapers. And that the opinion that's put out there by the Western media is non, it's not representative of the truth at all. Right. Uh, which I question. Yes. So I think if I were not knowing specifically what story or stories or themes that we're talking about, the moment that the protests consistently got violent, it really starts to challenge Western notions of theories of change by people flooding the streets. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that it has never been a clear-cut moral argument for why street protests should occur and lead to positive change. <laughs> Although I think if you look at history, it's almost inevitable that you've got to have some of that before you get the change. I don't know. It's very challenging, right? So when all the peaceful protests were starting, for me, I'm like, absolutely, I am on board with this. They are standing up. At quite risks than themselves, because, you know, you yeah. can get labeled and the system's yeah, yeah. going to come for you eventually. But then it turned to these acts of violence against, for example, their public transportation system and against official systems of uh, building government buildings. And it's like, okay, where's this headed? And now it's just street brawls. Now yeah, yeah. Now it's just violence. It's just violence. Yeah, just violence. And is descending into a cycle of vengeance, I think. Uh, so... Cycle of vengeance, yeah, that's an interesting observation. I think that's completely spot on. Because I think the the really hardcore pro-government and anti-government groups know who one another are. And it has settled, if you haven't followed it closely, into black shirts and white shirts. The black shirts are the protesters. The white shirts are pro-government people. Some would claim that they're simply the gangs that have been hired. Um, street gangs that have been hired to beat up the protesters. I've heard that argument. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, it really has descended into this kind of gang violence that comes every weekend and is spilling into the week. Where's this going, man? I don't know. I I, I don't know. But freedom, tyranny. I I don't know. Not even going to hazard a guess. Good news for Singapore. 
good news for Singapore. So Singapore, short term at least, right? Yeah, economically yeah. speaking, I think I think I heard numbers like a uh, hundred million. Don't the exact number like like streamed into Singapore over the last couple that of weeks. Money flowing yeah, here out of Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. So Singapore, of course, has traditionally been a source, uh, source of stability uh, in Asia, in Southeast Asia, certainly. And um, that makes it attractive to moneyed interests who are able to get their money here if they can. It's an attractive place to bring your money and to be personally. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of chatter here in the Lion City that uh, it'd be a good place for the people who can get out to get here. Well, because Hong Kong was sort of the other hub, right? Yes. Singapore, Hong Kong, if you need market access to China, you go to Hong Kong, Shenzhen, uh, that area over there, and um, Singapore's the next best thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, let's try to look on the bright side of something. Oh. Tell me about the startup and investor conferences this week that you were attending where people were exploring deep tech and yeah. new technologies and all kinds of fields. What are some takeaways that you have? This was a, a, a global conference that was here. Yes, this, this yeah, week. yeah. So I was involved in a couple of global conferences. Uh, there was this thing called Hello Tomorrow, which was explicitly looking in how we can leverage deep tech to make a better tomorrow, which I think is a fantastic, you know, a fantastic topic, something that I really care about. Uh, it was very interesting. So I was talking to uh, lead innovators and scientists there that are really on the cutting edge of innovation, uh, talking about some really breakthrough technologies and ways we can leverage those to create a to, to create a better world for everyone. And so very interesting discussions about personalized medicine. Uh, also some more philosophical discussions. I had a great discussion, uh, a great talk with. Um, uh, with the Long Now Institute, that's uh, Long Now. Yeah, the Long Now that's coming out of uh, San Francisco. Okay, we're trying to promote long-term thinking huh. in this era where our attention span is being ever reduced. Uh, they're saying, "Well, we need long." I'm sorry, I lost track of what you were saying. Like we need long-term <laughs> thinking. We need responsible long-term thinking. Sometimes you need to slow down, take a minute. Yeah, you know, think shit over. That's what they're trying to promote. I'll just check I, my feed. Thank I you love very it. much. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love that idea. Did it change your behavior? Um, not this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a long-term project. <laughs> right, right, right. Way too busy. <laughs> yes. And then the Singapore FinTech Festival and Switch, a giant innovation festival being held there every year, took place. So I was there with uh, uh, La French Tech Singapore, so this global network of French entrepreneurs working together with Chamber of Commerce here and an investment bank. And we were helping French entrepreneurs getting access to the market here in Singapore in the Southeast Asia region. So really, really great week. Uh, a lot of fantastic interviews with uh, really hungry, uh, really um, fantastic group of entrepreneurs that are exploring the market here. It was really, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, it's the end of the week. I'm done. <laughs> He's <laughs> toast. Yeah, I'm toast. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to the weekend. Huh? See, we uh, we also co-produced together, but Nikolai is definitely the lead, the star on the French Tech podcast. You can look that up. Yeah. But uh, we've kind of converted it into a whole lot of video casting. Yeah, so a lot of media work. Yeah. yeah so if you want to see these interviews from Hello Tomorrow and from this past week, you would go to uh, the French Tech podcast feed on YouTube. Yeah, just go to FrenchTechPodcast.com and click on. YouTube icon and, and you'll, you'll find see everything there. If you've always wondered, what does Nikolai look like yeah, well, that's when me, he's baby. in person and on a, in action? There he is. There he is. I'm behind the camera. 
<laughs> but he he is out there. Oh, you're in a couple of videos. You're oh, in a couple yes, of I videos. am. Yes, you of are, course, sir. the intros, outros, yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Look for Bill. So you can see us in action if yeah, you definitely. if you're desperate to go see that. So did you you know what? Um, I'm just curious about this whole tech entrepreneurs, all this kind of yeah. thing. You know, this is a world that we hear a lot about. Uh, this is something you and I chatted a little bit about uh, offline here. You know, the, my perception is these are the kings of the world, right? These are the people walking around with their money and they're making decisions for the rest of us by funding these startups and investing in these deep techs. And, uh, yeah. and you kind of pushed back and said, no, 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 don't don't overblow it. I don't know. Got any thoughts you want to bring? Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, well, one take one takeaway for me from this week was that mm -hmm. there's a lot of people trying to do good things hmm. through entrepreneurship, hmm. right? They're trying to have a good impact, real positive impact on the world. Uh, some of them are doing that through non-for-profit. Some of them are doing that through uh, uh, social corporations. Uh, it's not just all VC-backed unicorn trajectory startups going mm, for the big bucks. Again? Uh, so a company uh, worth one billion, right? Uh, U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. Yeah. Um, that's not the only game in town. Okay. Uh, that's a game in town, but this is a very specific uh, subset of entrepreneurship, right? Hmm. There's also small, profitable internet companies, right? Indie hackers, people that are hmm. trying to make a living by being entrepreneurial, uh, by providing value to other people. Uh, that's yeah. really something I'm also very interested about. And some of these VC-backed startups that are that have a specific purpose, right? which is to grow, mm -hmm. right, exponentially, because that's what a VC is looking for. He's trying to make orders of magnitude on his original investment. So mm -hmm. he's, trying, he's, he's trying to invest in something that's going to do 100x, 1,000x, yeah. right? So you have, a, you have a mission, and that's to grow your company, right? And uh, some of these tech companies that are growing exponentially, backed by enormous amounts of VC uh, money that are doing things that are seemingly not very interesting or impactful, such as flooding cities with uh, electric scooters. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, a, yeah. Right, yeah. right? Yeah. Sh should we care? And then you hear them pitch and you, oh, they're changing uh, urban mobility and making the world a better place? Sure. Right? Maybe. Maybe. Right. Right, 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 right. But that's not the only thing that's going on, right? And there's a lot of overblown storytelling going on. And yeah. If you're the kind of guy that reads TechCrunch or, uh, you know, that reads all of that outward facing storytelling that some of these startups are doing then you know just know that that's all storytelling yeah right? yeah that, that trying to get the money yeah that's not the whole truth man uh, on, the, on the inside every company is on fire <laughs> everything is going to hell in a handbasket right at, and at any moment and, and, and some of these people are doing amazing things and some of yeah. them are doing things that i personally don't care for at all hmm. right that's just that's just the the nature of business right that's the free market right right but I, uh, but I shouldn't be hating on this scene because... Well, it's a vehicle of change, I mean, right? And yeah. if you want to see change in the world, both for better or for worse, then it's going to happen through these kinds of vehicles these days. Yeah. So, and uh, unfortunately, that, you know, there's also stuff, stuff going on and stuff happening that that's not so great. Yeah. That's not very impactful. Sure, but that's the price you pay for getting the 20% or the 30% that's just doing amazing things, right? That's coming up with personalized medicine, with better cancer treatment. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is trying to help uh, girls in uh, in Africa learn how to code and get out of their, you know, mm. escape yeah, yeah. their their circumstance. That is, you know, coming up with solutions for clean water. 
that are trying to install toilets in third world countries, right? Uh, all kinds of crazy startups uh, <laughs> doing fantastic things out there in the world. And uh, But yeah, not all of it is good. Yeah, right, right. Well, hopefully the good stuff flourishes and the bad stuff gets proven for what it is. Well, let's hope so, man. Yeah, yeah. But the market's the market. <laughs> uh, see, this is what Nikolai always comes back to. He's he's the business guy of the two of us. He's he's the entrepreneur startup guy. We'll see how it goes. The market is the market. It's like you want to beat the market, screw off. Well, or, or or beat the market, right? <laughs> That's your solution for everything. More market. More market. <laughs> he's Dutch. What, what do you expect? I right? don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, one th final thing I just got to touch on this week, simply because I'm an American is the public phase of the uh, impeachment oh, hearings yes, against Donald Trump have begun How's that going? Uh, in the U.S. House. Well, so far, it has, at the moment that we're recording here, it has basically been reiteration of what was apparently said in private, all of which, uh, frankly, is pretty damning. And uh, the Republican oh, defenses yeah. um, are really not that strong. For me, it boils down to the Republican defense is uh, it's perfectly okay to, oh, that's, that's to ask foreign governments to interfere in elections and go after your political opponents. So, okay, so listen, bottom line, he's never going to get impeached, correct? Uh, he's never going to get removed from office. That's what I mean. He's never going to get removed from office. Yes, but by the Senate. Will this influence re-election? That is, I think everybody doesn't know. And that's what makes this so intensely risky right now for both parties in a pure electoral sense, electoral yeah. sense, going in right now. Because the Democrats cannot anticipate whether this is going to work or backfire, right? And the Republicans can't be certain either whether it's going to go that way. Uh, right. So I really think it's unclear. I, I, for a long time, hesitated as to whether impeachment made sense because I do believe in the idea that let's let the elections work, right? Let's let let's vote them out. Let's not go through this painful process. But then this latest episode that really tipped things off, which was this phone call again where he pretty clearly was soliciting a foreign government to interfere in our elections, which by the way, he already did in 2016 with Russia quite publicly. It's like, okay, at some point, no matter what the electoral risk, you got to say this is where we draw the line. We won't accept this behavior. And so the electoral politics of it I, is almost less of a concern. I just hope we win on the merits of it, that I think this has got to be a limit to presidential behavior. But no, he won't get removed because the politics of it, again, is that the Senate will never vote to remove him, not without some serious shift on the Republican side. And that's not happening. So listen, if he won't get removed from office, yeah, and if he then subsequently gets re-elected. Yep. What does this mean for your political system? Is is, is from now on is is it all up for grabs? Can you just anything goes? Just do whatever the fuck you yes. want to get and to you stay in power. You can say whatever you want. Right. You can do whatever you want. You can do it with whomever, and it won't matter because our politics has become such a ridiculous fucking team sport. That if my if the people wearing my jersey say it's true, it's true. Well, black is white well. and white is black. But I don't want to make this seem both sidery. I mean, there's always a little bit of that in politics. You go along with the party. The Republican Party has just gone down the yeah. rabbit hole of untruth, and 
this will just be the death knell of any kind of shared reality politics. Alternative truth. Yes, alternative facts, in fact. Alternative facts. There's yeah. no such thing as untruth. Oh, are we going to go there? These are alternative facts. <laughs> There's absolutely untruth. It's all a matter of opinion, Bill. Uh, you know what is? You know what cracks me up? So you remember, I don't know if you had this phenomenon in Europe, but in U.S. academic academia yeah. circles, there was this conservative revulsion at postmodernist thinking and at multicultural thinking. Because, no, there is absolutely higher quality and lower quality and more worthy and less worthy and truth and falseness. And you lib left quacko doodles are trying to mix it all up with your postmodern. There is no truth. It's all opinion. And, you know, give me my textual analysis and all this kind of thing. And now the right in the U.S. is that. (laughs) They're like the poster child. Of how there's no truth. But now it serves their interests. Okay, so now you're getting to a different thing. Do they even know that it's serving an interest? Is there anyone behind the veil, still, that knows the facts but doesn't care because it's useful to manipulate people? I don't know. Does anyone care? I do. I'm yeah, sitting right here caring a lot. Yeah, but you're not I'm empowered. caring all over you're the fucking empowered. place. <laughs> <laughs> power is power, Bill. As That's say, postmodernism. As Cersei would there say. There it is. There's postmodernism. Game of Thrones, right? Power is power. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> As she threatened to kill the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Power is power. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I it's don't know. Where do we stand here? So we it's all we up for grabs. Covered impeachment in the U.S. We covered the happenings in Asia. We hit on Europe a little bit. I'm afraid I don't. I know there's there's actions down in Latin America, but I just I'm not up on them enough to talk about it. And Africa, Africa? No, nothing to say about Africa. The world is burning. Let's <laughs> keep it at that. <laughs> you know, this is why we always end the show with a little bit of happy news. Do you have any happy news? Uh, well, uh, we got to pull up our Twitter feed that we pull our happy news from here. And uh, try to finish. You got it there. Uh, I, I'm looking for it, but but what if there is no happy news? There must be. Is there always There's happy, happy news? news? There have to be puppies born somewhere or something like that. You think so? I swear to God, I heard some happy news this week. Usually, I ignore it all. But let me see what I can uh, come up with in my head. Um, well, hey, we talked about the startups that you said are doing good. You know, so we've got a buddy here. Uh, he's part of the French tech community here. Yeah. He's what you were hinting at. It's called Dat Happy. Uh, they try to train kids on, um, they go to where those kids are. They get them the internet connectivity. They give them basic um, data, uh, what would you call it? Not manipulation skills, but data literacy skills. Yes, absolutely. And then they connect these kids to actual like real projects in places like Singapore. Yeah, and I think that's really great. I mean, the stuff that I've been heard that I heard of that he's doing uh, in Africa and Nigeria is really amazing, man. Yeah, they yeah. literally have kids that have to walk to school for two hours, do d- data science projects for big corporates. Data science projects, yeah. like real projects. This isn't real just pro- oh, no, no. learn it a little bit. Real projects doing for real like projects. A big insurance firms, for very very big name companies. And of course, they're getting paid huge factorials above what they would get paid to do. The available opportunities. So, the guy that I know of, 
so he gets paid four times the average uh, national yeah. salary. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, Four absolutely. times. Well, and I was also, this week, I was talking to this organization called uh, Girls in Tech. Ah. Uh, and this other organization, which is really interesting, uh, Passerelle Numérique. Okay. So um, they do sort of a similar thing. So they do it in Cambodia, Vietnam, and the Philippines. Yeah. And they take uh, underprivileged students and they teach them all of these extremely marketable skills, right, that are really, really highly uh, uh, sought after. And uh, they were telling me that sometimes the first salary, right, can be uh, can m mean that they earn that they multiply their family's earnings by like five uh, x. Wow. Their family's earnings. Yeah. Right. Right. So right. all of a sudden they're making like a hundred U.S. dollars. They go through these training programs, right? They get a job, and all of a sudden their family is making five hundred, six hundred U.S. dollars. Wow. And they can provide for their entire family. Wow. And that's how many? How many, $100 to $500, can you imagine, I'm coming from the U.S., right, where our currency is worth what it is, can you imagine a smaller investment, right, yeah. with a bigger impact on people's lives and hopefully gets them on a growth path out? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? yeah. Because they're learning skills that get them onto a higher level, a higher plane, you know. Singapore, again, where we are, is a perfect example of this. They climbed that curve out, right? So right after World War II, they were kind of a lot like the rest of Southeast Asia. Yeah. It was still a major center. It had been the British colonial capital of this whole region for a long time. But they climbed the curve through having factory production first, and now it's thoroughly into services, and now you're going to conferences about fintech. Crazy, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So these small investments help people climb out. Well, there are some objections. Of course, you've aired objections before, saying that still sort of a... Uh, it's not for everyone, right? You can't board anyone. You, you need some yeah. sort of basic education. So I actually, I, I, I talked to them about this, right? I, I raised this objection, and, and they admitted it. They said, sure, right? But nevertheless, there's a large percentage of these students that have the ability to do these things, but don't have the opportunity yes. to do them, right? We provide the opportunity, and it has a significant impact on the local ecosystem and on their families. Yeah. That they can now they can now feed their families with that money, right? Yeah. And they also made the point that what this creates is role models, right? Oh, yeah. So that's an example. Like, if you have one person like that in the village, and people all of a sudden go, oh, there's a different path forward. Yes. Right? There's right. a way out of this. It's kind of that spark of hope. It's a spark of hope, like you know, yeah. that like in certain communities in the U.S., certain yes. ghettos, right? Yes. Where you where you've needed the spark the spark of hope sometimes to show yeah. that there's a there's a path out of violence and out of poverty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and you yeah. just sometimes that's that's all you need. Europe as well. Yeah. Europe as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So how about that good news? Well, yeah. Are you ready? Did we find any? You know, I'll I'll be starting the music and we'll get us some good news here. All right. Good News Network on Twitter, everybody. Have a look at it if you like good news. So apparently there's a London school that's transforming poor performance by giving every student a violin. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Uh, 100 to $500. Fuck that. Give me a violin. <laughs> <laughs> Feeding my family? I'll take Beethoven anytime. There you go. Uh huh. What else you got? Apparently there's a carbon negative vodka. That's brewed, and I quote, from thin air using solar power, water, and CO2. Well, I know what I'm doing all weekend. Wow. I'm, I'm drinking the environment clean. 
It's got you got to take one for the team, Bill. <laughs> I do. All right, one last one. And this is probably my favorite one. A beloved one-ton wizard rock disappears from national park only to magically reappear one week later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. You know what? I'm just going to leave that one there, and you all can Google that one. All right, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thanks, Nikolai. Thanks, Bill. Talk soon. All right, bye.